Good morning. I left my pulpit robe somewhere. <laughs> It'll turn up. Just want you to know I'm not trying to make an anti-clerical statement today. <laughs> we'll find it. This morning I want to begin a brief series of homilies from the prophet Jonah. We begin with Jonah 1, verses 1 through 3. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Go at once to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah set out to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid his fare and went on board to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Holy God, we've gathered here to place our lives in front of your word. And we ask that you would be gracious to our seeking of it. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh to cry out, to do some preaching. So Jonah immediately booked passage on a ship to Tarshish. We don't know much about Tarshish, but let's just say it's the place that you're hoping God will send you when you leave here. <laughs> According to 2 Chronicles, King Solomon sent his ships to Tarshish on a shopping trip, and they brought back gold and silver and ivory and peacocks. Yes, Lord, let me work among the beautiful peacocks. <laughs> we, we don't even know where Tarshish was. And isn't that a metaphor? I've known so many pastors who've used up their career moving from church to church, always in search of Tarshish. I will sometimes receive a phone call from a pastoral search committee trying to get a reference on one of their candidates. They'll sometimes even send me the candidate's dossier, which provides written responses to standardized questions. When I get to the question that says, what kind of church are you looking to serve? Often I find this pastor might as well have said, Tarshish. What they actually say is, I want to serve a church where everyone is absolutely devoted to Jesus Christ, where people are known for their compassion to each other and those around them, where they are serious about the study of God's word, and where they are prepared to pay the cost of discipleship to be a truly missional community. <laughs> Now, if you ever find that church, you have to know they don't need a pastor. This is like doctors saying, I don't want to work in any hospital that has sick people. <laughs> sick people are the point. Remember, Tarshish may not have existed at all. It may have only been a myth, a dream. 
And that's its power and its danger. By contrast, Nineveh was a very real city. We know exactly where it was. Later, the text measures its distance around. It numbers its people. We know that it was the capital of the Assyrian Empire, Israel's great enemy to the north. No, Lord, please don't send me to a place where I will have enemies. That's what Jonah was worried about. But as Jesus warned Peter, a mature calling is always to a place you would rather not go. Basil of Caesarea ordained his younger brother Gregory as the bishop and sent him to Nyssa. Nyssa was a completely unimpressive small town, not a place to build an ecclesiastical career. Gregory didn't even want to be a bishop. He certainly didn't want to be a bishop in Nyssa. When he complained to his older brother about it, Basil says, I'm not sending you there to confer distinction upon you. I'm sending there for you to confer distinction upon Nyssa. That's the point. It's not to see how close you can get to Tarshish. It is to go to Nineveh, to Nyssa, to where it is that God sends you, to offer people the distinction of repentance. Now, this is such a heavy word, repentance. It just means to turn, to stop moving in one direction, to turn in another direction. The reason that you are called and trained is to invite people, to spend your life inviting people to turn to the God who has already turned to them. But first, we leaders must turn from our dreams of a community to serve in order to receive the very real one God is giving us. I don't know any serious Christian who is uninterested in calling. We all are very concerned about our vocation and mission in life. But we, we just want to choose the people and places where we will serve. That essentially reduces calling to career day at high school, where the Holy Spirit sits affably at the booth as we walk by and says, how about working in the inner city? No? Okay. Um, how about a growing church in the suburbs? No. Okay, uh, how about hospital chaplaincy? No, wait, wait, I have other brochures. <laughs> if you are uncertain about your calling and where it will take you, do not begin with the questions, what kind of people do I want to work with and where do I want it to be? Because you will never pick Nineveh. Joseph, I mean, Jonah fled to Tarshish, not because he was interested in the peacocks. The text says he was interested in fleeing the presence of the Lord. That's what you have to do if you want to resist God's calling. you got to hide. And that's called sin. Separating yourself from God. You know, we tend to think that we hide because we have sinned, like Adam and Eve. 
That's not Jonah's story. Jonah is sinning in order to hide. Some of us hide from the call with our excuses of inadequacy. Others hide by nurturing old hurts that cripple them from responding. Still others hide by accepting someone else's call for your life other than God's. And all of it prevents you from coming out into the light to see that you are gifted, wonderfully gifted, and there's a call for you to use that gift. And that is always, always when a life becomes beautiful, when a gift is used for a mission. Jonah hid because he didn't think Nineveh was a very holy city. He would just soon go ahead and have God blow down a little fire on it. The last thing he wanted was for the Ninevites to repent. The ancient city of Nineveh is now the city of Mosul, a, a, a city torn apart by conflict. Mosul doesn't look very holy. No, it doesn't look holy. Some would say Washington, D.C. doesn't look very holy these days, as if it ever did. You may not think Princeton is a very holy place. And wherever it is that you find God has sent you, you will have so many days where you think, this is an unholy place to spend my life. But the cities on the earth are not holy because they look holy. They're holy because they are created on a land that God created and called good. They're holy because these cities are built by people made in the image of God. They're holy because on the cross Jesus held out holy arms to say, for God so loved the world. It's all holy by virtue of creation and redemption. It is holy. But clearly, we have done everything we know to do to profane that holiness. Wherever you go, you will find this profanation abounding. We profane holiness. The community is known for self-absorbed anxiety. We profane holiness with our fear of the foreigner. We profane holiness with cycles and cycles of hurt upon hurt upon hurt. And by our soul-numbing little arguments about the church parlor. This is where you come in. Someone has to show up. Someone has to cry out. Someone has to offer people a better argument. God's argument about what have you done with holiness. Someone has to people see that they too have a holy calling to their lives. Someone like you. And if you don't want to go to Nineveh, God doesn't care. As Jonah could explain to you, 
God has some strange ways of getting you to the place you ought to be. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.